friends. Welcome to the very first episode of No Creamer. My name is Nick Richards and I am joined today by Austin Vandiver. He is a coffee consultant. He is a coffee content creator, has a mobile coffee business and is currently pursuing a master's in counseling. Dude, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Heck yeah, man. So before we started the show, we brewed Austin's current favorite roast. It is Novel. They're out of Flower Mound, Texas, I think. Yep. Brewed their uh, Joy Christmas blend is a Kenyan and Guatemalan blend. I got to tell you, dude, like getting to make a Chemex of this was absolutely fantastic because the notes that are coming out of it, just off that first sip, you really get that that cobbler. Like this is this is going to go well with that Christmas dessert type type thing. Oh, yeah. I dig it. Is that is that what stood out to you about this? Is there something else you like about this particular blend? Um, I really like Guatemalan coffee okay. and Kenyan, and the two together just sounds like a really good, a good cup time. of coffee. Yeah, yeah. Man. So uh, this has been one of my favorite blends every year. They usually do something like this okay. um, every year, and so I used to work at Novel actually, hmm. um, and so I've been always look forward to their uh, Joy blend. So, so in the past, has Joy been any different than it is this year, or is it always always Kenyan and Guatemalan? I believe that it just depends on, they always try to achieve the same like, you know, like notes or uh, like I gotcha. yeah. to be consistent, but um, they um, typically, you know, they can change it out, whether it's a, a Guatemalan and Ethiopian or, or something like gotcha. that. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's pretty similar to um, past year. Cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah, you get that Ethiopian and they might get a little bit more citrus undertones to it, which would be for sure. I mean, not kind of want to like keep it up, like keep getting a bag of this every year so I can taste the difference and, and enjoy all of them. I love their, I've got to say like real quick before we get everything else, they have to have some of the best packaging and branding, like every coffee has a story, is on each of their bags. And I feel like they've really tapped into the community aspect of yeah, coffee. Yeah, I, well. I, I love it. They This was probably more recent, probably about a year and a half ago, that they changed uh, their uh, bags um, to, to this. And so, um, but I... It used to just be like a black bag with a label. I feel like um, I remember seeing that at a Redefined in Grapevine. They've got, yep. the novel was a, a roaster for them for a while. Yep, yep. And when they changed over, um, yeah, it, it, the bag is super, super dope. And I have enjoyed um, seeing the bag like, yeah, on my man. shelf. So It's really pretty. Okay, so, um, you know, I, I knew you when you were barista. You were at Sons of Liberty here in Fort Worth for a while. You're uh, a home barista by by definition now, um, and you're in pursuit of master's in counseling. Why why the shift? Why moving into that? So I did get my bachelor's in psychology, um, and I always wanted to um, get into counseling. Um, I've always been drawn to that type of thing. Um, so um, a little bit about my story. Um, I um, have struggled a lot with you know sexual addiction, um, and I have found recovery through um, the steps and recovery at the village church. Um, and then also like redemption groups at my church, the paradox. Um, and that has been super helpful. And then also my counselors that I've gone to over the past years. Um, and they have just taught me um, to begin to um, take these parts of myself that I used to absolutely hate um, and um, not just accept them, but allow um, Jesus to um, change them, to redeem yeah. them. I never thought I would do anything else besides coffee. Um, it's the one thing that I uh, thought I was good at. Um, I, I was never, I didn't, growing up, I didn't really have a lot of hobbies. I'm with uh, you. Yeah, yeah, and so when I got 
into college, still confused about what I wanted to do. Yeah. And then even after getting a degree in psychology, I was like, I still have no idea. And then <laughs> got into coffee, loved it. And, and I think it was more of the creative aspect um, along with connecting with people. Yeah. Um, and I just like to listen. Um, I like to hear people's stories and um, what's going on about their day, their week, whatever it looked like. Um, I was always the guy known to to ask someone to get coffee mm-hmm. uh, as soon as I met them at the register. So I just cultivated that and ended up, um, you know, I was a manager for a while at White Rhino Coffee and then worked at Novel. Yeah. Um, and then during that is when I started Coffee Creative, okay. uh, my mobile coffee bar uh, where I did weddings and private events. And mm-hmm. uh, that was super good. That was a risk. And it taught me a lot about um, being independent. And um, business owning. Business you know. owning, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I still enjoy it. Um, it's a lot of work and it takes up a lot of my time, especially yeah. if I, I mean, if I really wanted to, I could probably be busy most weekends and, um, but it's a lot of lifting and mm-hmm. all that. And so by myself, it's, it gets really, really tiring. So I would say that, you know, I worked in the coffee industry for about a decade between different things. And I would say that there's almost a natural counseling element to being a barista too, you Right kind of in the same way that you have as a bartender. You have these customers that are regulars that come in and and eventually most of them will open up to you. Do you feel like working in coffee prepared you well to to be that listening person to be, or do you feel like it just amplified it beyond what you already had? I think it taught me. Um, I probably wasn't exactly like, you know, um, like that before, um, like during college or anything like that. Um, but I think it might've just amplified what was already in me. And I just didn't know it was there. Yeah. Um, and so um, I've, yeah. And that, I mean, out of that, like I, you know, I've always like thought that, you know, being able to just connect with people over a cup of coffee mm-hmm. um, was incredible. You know, a lot of people have experienced a, um, a change in their thought process towards counseling and going to therapy, I feel like in the last five years. I think a lot of people have seen it as, you know, like, oh man, that means that I need something. And that mindset has shifted away from weakness to counseling and therapy offer a lot of, of really wonderful things for people, even if they didn't used to feel like they need them. What can you say uh, about your experience with that? Was that something that you saw as, you know, stepping into being counseled? Did you find that you were hesitant towards that or was it, you know, something that you're willing to step into? Yeah, I, um, I didn't go to counseling until probably my, um, junior year in college. Um, and so, um, I, I tried my best to rely on like mentors and, you know, friends, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Um, counseling was just never something growing up that we ever talked about. Um, so it wasn't really like something I've ever really thought I needed. Um, but the more, um, I began to deal with, um, my sexual addiction, depression, anxiety, Mm -hmm. um, and people recommending going to counseling. Um, I ended up going, uh, to a counselor at my church and, um, she actually did inner healing with me, uh, which is really cool. Uh, That's another thing, but, um, but that was the first time I ever got to experience counseling with someone and, um, they just sat there and listened and, 
there was no judgment. There was no, uh, no nothing like that. And so um, it just allowed me to open up um, in ways I never thought I could um, to anybody else, um, just because I know it's confidential mm-hmm. completely. Yeah. Um, and there's no fear of that um, kind of stuff, you know, getting out. Um, um, and it, it just stays within the room. Um, and and so I've always thought, even if you you don't think you need counseling, like mm-hmm. I think everyone should go. Uh, allows you to talk through things, um, things that you never thought you needed to talk through, and um, even if it's not long term, just for like a few sessions, yeah. you know. Um, so I've always, you know, thought that it's a good thing, even after my first session. So what would you say is the biggest like tangible difference in your day to day because of that? I feel like there's, you know, obvious like specific things that have been healed through it, specific things that you have a new approach to. But do you feel like there's a day-to-day tangible thing that changed because of it? Yeah, um, it taught me how to cope with my anxiety, first of all. Um, it allowed me to uh, learn a lot of breathing techniques um, uh, during counseling. And so um, I get to, you know, it's just taking five minutes out of your day yeah. and just being aware of what's going on in your body, um, taking note of, of things and allowing mm-hmm. yourself to just kind of recenter yourself essentially. Yeah. Um, and that, um, once I do that, like the rest of my day goes so, so good. That's awesome. Um, man. So I always, um, and that's just something I've learned recently. Um, you know, I've, I never really, well, counselors have told me to do that, but like, you know, this counselor specifically is just, he's invested a lot in me and, uh, and has really just encouraged me to take it seriously. So breathing techniques, what I feel like that's a really um, wide topic to jump into, but there's probably a really practical, like for anybody listening, what would you say is, is a great breathing technique to kind of slow your pace down? Because I will say, man, we all are becoming increasingly aware of how distracted we are, how anxious things are because of a lot of the distractive nature of our, our daily existence. Um, and you know, I, I know there's this guy that came out with this book this year on breathing, and I'll put that book in the, the show notes for anybody that's interested. But in all of his interviews, he talked about the power of breathing through your nose and how it's a, it's a muscle like anything else. Is that something that you've experienced or is there another type of, of breathing exercise that you would say is immediately beneficial and, and possible for people? Yeah. Um, I, the one I've been doing, um, it just involves like putting away your phone, um, removing distractions, and then putting your feet on the ground. Um, it's kind of like grounding yourself to yeah. um, reality. Um, and then... Um, closing your eyes and using your imagination. Uh, we talk a lot about going to like our peaceful place mm-hmm. and like creating that in our minds yeah. um, and allowing ourselves to enter that spot, that space. And, and, um, and then as I'm breathing, like, like I imagine like all the things that I'm, all my thoughts mm-hmm. that are creating that anxiety, um, I get to take a deep breath and then I get to breathe them out. Mm. Um, and, and knowing that the, during this time, like they're not allowed in this space. Yeah. Um, and that's just been so beneficial to me because I am so distracted by life. Um, like even now my phone is vibrating and I'm like, who is that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I like, had to sit mine on the other counter because I'd be the same way exactly. as soon as I feel that, that little vibration, you know, my, my yeah. brain goes, what's, what is that? Yeah. And I have, I have a hard time sitting for five minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, and then uh, during my counseling session, I told him that and he was we were here for 15 minutes and I was like, what? Mm-hmm. And so it went by so quick. Um, but it was, um, 
it, the, again, it was in the morning. And so like the rest of my day, it was just, you know, filled with peace. And, yeah. I, and, it, and, it, and it's like a muscle, right? It, like you were right. talking about, it's like a muscle. Um, and the more you do it, the more you're able to uh, kind of go longer throughout the day um, to take your thoughts mm-hmm. and um, to really like, you know, have them not overwhelm you. Yeah. Do you ever have coffee as part of your your routine? You're, you're stepping into your day? Usually every morning. Yeah. Um, I I don't make pour overs that often. Um, I do have my espresso machine set up at my house when I'm not doing events. Um, and so, um, or I'll go to Roots Coffee in Fort Worth um, and go have a cup. Um, I'm a drip guy usually. Yeah. Um, sometimes in the afternoon I'll get a cappuccino. That's my second favorite. Okay. Dude, those, uh, those teal velvet couches at Roots are some of my favorite design in any coffee shop. Like oh, they're just, yeah. the aesthetic of those is, is absolutely fantastic. Oh yeah. Um, so I would just want to get back to, you know, pursuing masters in counseling. What inspired you to do that? Is Aside from personal experience, is there anything else beyond that that inspired you to, to get into that? Yeah, I would say it's, I mean, all the counselors that I've, that mm-hmm. I've had, but, um, when you asked that question, like immediately I thought of like, that's just, it seems like it's just a part of me yeah. of who I am and just like cool. the way I get to, um, like, um, facilitate, um, people's healing. Yeah. That's awesome. And what advice would you give to anybody that's considering that, whether it would be a, um, a bachelor's and starting it off as, as part of their, their career or someone that's, you know, thinking about, man, is it worth it to, to jump into a master's program, um, to, to have that as part of my, my repertoire per se? Yeah. I would just encourage them to really think about, um, if that's something they really want to do. Um, cause it is going to be a lot of work and you have to put in a lot of hours. Um, I'm excited about, putting in the hours, um, hours that I probably will not get paid for. Um, and <laughs> yeah. so that's going to be a super interesting and I really have to trust that I'll, you know, all my needs will be provided for during that time. But, um, yeah, it's, I mean, there's some sacrifice at the beginning. Um, but like after talking to my counselor, like he's like, man, it's, it's worth it. Yeah. Um, and, and I would think, and, and my counselor right now, he actually affirmed, uh, kind of why I wanted to be a counselor mm. and he texts me almost every day asking me how I'm doing. Cool, man. Checking up on me. Um, when I don't like, you know, don't have the money to pay for a session. He's like, don't worry about it. That's awesome. Like I want to be able to do that for other people as well. So, um, so with that coming into the picture, what's going to happen with coffee creative? Um, so I am shutting down coffee creative and no longer taking events. Okay. Um, but eventually I do want to open up my own shop, um, to incorporate, um, coffee and counseling. Okay. Um, not that, uh, not that they're going to be in the same, like, like cafe. Right? Yeah. Like you got a guy uh, over here on the couch, yeah, counseling yeah. and barista over here. Yeah. But my goal is, um, is to create a space, um, that aesthetically is peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then hopefully if it all works out, having like a space above us, um, yeah. where I can have my own practice and other counselors, um, to be able to invite people into the same peaceful place. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, a lot of, a lot of counseling, you go to, there's a couch and then there's a chair. Usually right. he sits yeah. in the chair, you sit on the couch or it's just two chairs and it, and the lighting is super dim, dark. <laughs> uh, and it just feels like you're, it feels like therapy, like your typical movie, yeah, right. like movie scene, you know? Yeah. Um, and what I realize is, is that I 
I want to create a space where like what we're doing right now, we're sitting across the table from each other, Mm -hmm. drinking coffee and talking about life and talking about the things that we love, um, things that we're fearful of, all that good stuff. Um, And so that's basically what, almost what counseling is. Um, Right. Of course, counselors do have an edge on education and, and, you know, training and stuff like that. Um, But I want to be able to create a similar space that you would at a coffee shop. So instead of couches, like, why not a couple of chairs, a table, and the same aesthetic you see at, at a coffee shop, mm-hmm. you see upstairs in your in your office. Yeah, and, and then people can feel like they're talking to a friend instead of just going to therapy. Well, like, and I think everybody has that picture in their mind that they've seen in a movie or TV show of, you know, like exactly what you're describing. Um, but most likely someone's been to a coffee shop that they think is aesthetically pleasing, that they enjoy going to, that they enjoy having conversations with the baristas or other customers. And so I feel like when you take something that's already an experience for somebody like a coffee shop environment that they love and you say, not only is this your place to come grab a cup of coffee, but if you ever needed to talk to someone beyond what you've ever done with a a barista and you want to pursue counseling in your life, Welcome to a space that you're already comfortable with, that you already kind of know what to expect when you get there. It's not going to look any different than the coffee shop downstairs. There's a lot of thought that's gone into what makes someone feel comfortable in that idea. And I think that's really awesome, man. I think that that will be a really wonderful thing for a lot of people that might be a little bit cautious on going to what they, you know, the couch and the chair in the room with one lamp, right? in the bookshelf, yeah. all the books that they've never, <laughs> never going to read anything like that. Yep. <laughs> um, so that's your next project. You know, like that might be a couple of years down the road for you, but I do feel like that's a really great goal in mind. Do you want to do that here in Fort Worth or do you have somewhere else in mind? So far, yeah, Fort Worth is the place for me. Um, I moved almost every year since college. Okay. Um, and so sometimes multiple times a year. Uh, and DFW mainly or... Uh, there's one, yeah, DFW mainly. And then I, I did live in San Antonio for a short time, um, okay. but then moved back. And so that was my last place that I lived, um, before I moved to Fort Worth. And so, um, now I'm here and, uh, I'm ready to plant roots and unless, you know, the Lord takes me somewhere else. Of course. Then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha, man. So what would you say, you know, you were a barista at, at Sons of Liberty for a little bit. You worked at Novel. What would you say is the, um, you call yourself an at-home barista now. What would you say is, I mean, there's some obvious differences. You don't have customers, but what would you say is a a difference that you've noticed either in, you know, your creativity with coffee or just your process in enjoying coffee in the morning or whatever time of day it is uh, compared to what it would be at a shop? What would you say is the the difference in being an at-home barista for you? Um, I get to do it the way I want. Um, (laughs) That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I... I get to dial in as much as I want and uh, get it perfect. Uh, now there are some days where I still use a month old, two month old, sometimes <laughs> three month old coffee in my espresso. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of makes it a challenge for me because I get to kind of dial it in and, and say, it's not the best, but, uh, but I, hey. I made it a good. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, I mean, I know y'all can't see us, but Austin and I are both sitting here. We both have Star Wars tattoos. Let's talk about Star Wars for a little bit, because why not, man? What's your favorite Star Wars movie? I like all the original ones. Okay. So I don't really have like a favorite, like this is the one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the original ones are by far my, my favorite ones. When did you see the original ones? Um, like how old were you? So I think I watched them when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but my dad doesn't like Star Wars. Okay. Uh, and so uh, I like started it, and then 
I thought they were boring at first. Um, but then I watched them in college uh, oh, okay. and we had like a Star Wars like marathon. Yeah, dude. And I was like, why have I not watched these? And so I ended up just watching them almost every year and, and it's been super good. That's cool, man. Um, yeah. Very cool. So why the Death Star tattoo? Um, I don't know if I actually have a meaning behind this yeah. one, um, but I just love, I just love the, when I look at the, the Death Star that's like, totally trashed. Mm -hmm. I just think like, man, they had victory over, over evil. Yeah. And, um, and so I've always just like been drawn to that. And I was like, man, that's so cool. That I don't cool. know. It's, it's just weird. Uh, and then, um, cause people, every time someone like comments on my tattoo, they're like, Oh, that's so interesting that you got like the destroyed Death Star. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I haven't really thought about that. I just always, I've always just thought of this whenever yeah, I think right. of the Death Star. Yeah. So I didn't know this. I was watching a couple of videos from behind the scenes for the original movie. And George Lucas's wife was part of the editing team. And the Death Star was attacked not because of threat to the rebel base. It was just going to be attacked by them. So in the editing process, George Lucas's wife went back in and sat with the team and they recreated that last act where there was a threat to the rebel base. And that was the reason why they were going to blow up the Death Star. Originally, it was just going to be this, this thing to go do. I feel like Dang. that adds so much more like purpose and tension to that moment because, yeah. you know, you have this, this small group of, of people that um, are going to have their everything taken away from them that they've worked for. And that's the reason. If you take that away, you've got this weird, like, not purposeless, but definitely a little bit less interesting plot point there. I found that extremely fascinating. That is, I didn't know that. That's really awesome. I didn't know until this last year. I, was, I watched Star Wars for the first time in 1995. Like, I was extremely young and watched it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, that good versus evil there, yeah, the good part of that would have felt very different if there wasn't if there wasn't a threat to them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting. Well, okay. So we're gonna get onto this segment of the show. This is the only segment that we've got outside yes. of the main story. Uh, this is called Name That Drink. I want you. Who's your favorite TV, movie, book character? Um. Wow. I know. So, yeah. Like that's a lot. Like. Uh. Like just character. Just a character. Yeah. So my favorite character is uh, Nick off of New Girl. Okay. <laughs> This is going to be a great question. If if Nick were to walk into whatever his local coffee shop is, what drink is he? Like, what would Nick get? He's just going to get a, a black coffee. And he probably doesn't care anything about it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He has no questions. That's right. Just give him my coffee. That's right. Dude, I, that show has so many great character arcs to it. And Nick is just a no-nonsense kind of guy. Not in the way that like Ron Swanson is a no-nonsense kind of guy. Nick is just kind of like a, I'm here, man. I'm here to just be with the world and I'm okay with it. I think that's, I think Nick is like my, my spirit guy. Because <laughs> um, it's funny because I, for a short time, I kept money in a tin. Like oh a, yeah? Like a, like a tin. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, I don't like the banks. I just wish I could just pay everything in cash, like a type deal. Like <laughs> One of my favorite episodes is when Jess finds all of his unpaid bills in that box yes. in the closet. And he's just like, I don't, I don't remember what he called it, but that was like, you know, I don't want to think about that right now. And future, future Nick will take care of that. Exactly. <laughs> That's so, so like having the same name as the character, anytime that I watch it, I see, you know, some of those 
uh, personality traits in myself. And I'm like, man, that's what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Well, cool, man. If y'all want to keep up with Austin, his future goals with coffee and counseling, you can keep up with him on Instagram at ARDVandiver. That's V-A-N-D-I-V-E-R. Dude, it was really great having you on the show. Thanks for having me. As always, no coffee was harmed in the making of this episode because this is No, no Creamer. Creamer.